Settle back in. Follow the money here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Pay attention more. Almost dropped a pretty good nugget on the air that probably shouldn't have gone on the air. So, hey, man, live television. What are you going to do? Matt Eumanns, JVT here. All right, Eumanns. Dodgers, it's going pretty poorly. 4-12, last 16 games. Mm-hmm. Get swept in their doubleheader yesterday by Chicago. Back at it again here today. Walker Bueller, Edward Azale opposing one another. We talked about this in terms of how you handle this. You know, at some point, some value is going to be baked into some of these numbers with the Dodgers. They continue to kind of slide. And we had mentioned the initial value in a spot like with Clayton Kershaw opening up $1.60, getting to as high as $1.80, $1.90. In this spot here against the Chicago Cubs, talking about $1.85 at the open, but now down to about $1.65, $1.60 on Walker Bueller on the road against this very inconsistent Cubs lineup. Well, the Cubs lineup has been inconsistent, but it's been a little bit better lately, and Chris Bryant's been pretty good. He did have a couple of bad at-bats last night with the bases loaded. The Cubs tried to lose a second game of the doubleheader, but the Dodgers coughed it up. And uh, I I think if you like the Dodgers today, Circa's got the best price right now. Walker Buehler, minus 160, if you want to throw the the Dodgers on the parlay. I, I really can't bank on the Dodgers bouncing back. They're just playing bad baseball right now. Uh, like you said, four and twelve over the past sixteen games. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, Clayton Kershaw was terrible in the first inning of that uh, game one against the Cubs. And Trevor Bauer was not that sharp in game two. Bauer was off a uh, game against Brewers where he threw a season high one hundred and thirteen pitches. And he struggled. He had to work out of jams yesterday. So I, I think you can expect Bueller to be better than Kershaw and Bauer were last night. But are you going to lay a buck sixty? No, that's. That's out of my price range. A lot of baseball betting is about the price. Mm-hmm. If you feel like that the price is right, you're going to play it. 160 on the Dodgers here at Circa is uh, fair in terms of the rest of the market. It's it's a good price, but I'm not going to lay it. <clears throat> yeah, and you know one of the things that we were talking about, for example, you know Sonny Gray and the Reds, one of the buy low guys that mm-hmm. I was looking at, and you go first five, thinking maybe that's the way you want to go. Price on Sunday, great first five is like a buck sixty-five. I got priced out of that one personally. Yeah. And you know, you look at the angles to potentially attack this. Like one of the things I initially thought was, okay, you have the Cubs lineup, which we know has struggled at times. You do have this price in terms of being relatively cheap. Do you look at maybe a first five under with Alzale being a potential buy low guy? We know that Walker Bueller can perform very well, and the status of both of these lineups mm-hmm. that you get one of these games that the first five innings is going to be relatively low scoring. Hell, like their last game, you know, seven innings. Or three final score, that's going to be you know a lower scoring contest yet again between these two teams. Got to check if the wind is blowing in too. Always helps, right? Always have to check the wind at Wrigley Field. Now the the Cubs have actually had some games where their offense has exploded, and the Dodgers have too recently. So I would be hesitant to play the total. You know, I'm not crazy about uh, playing baseball totals anyway. That's just always my favorite bit of analysis when it comes to baseball. What's wind up? blowing in Wrigley. Got to make sure that's actually happening. Oh, let's see. Wind is kind of calm here today. I don't know if it was blowing out. Man. Oh, no, it's blowing in. It's blowing in. Eight miles an hour. Maybe it's an under. Uh, all, right. <laughs> we, I know. We got, all right. We got a lot to get to. Aaron Rennie's going to be with us. He's got a lot. Of, we were going through the numbers. What, what games is he looking at? One, two, oh, well, every single one of them. So we'll discuss with ER when we come back here on Follow the Money. Big NBA card to discuss with ER. This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. 
Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. The 37 and 28 New York Knicks are 15 and 17 on the road. They play for their fourth straight win at Denver today as a three and a half point underdog, 215 and a half the total at Ball Arena. 76ers have won six straight. They're laying 15 at Houston. The Trailblazers, 11-point road favorites at Cleveland. Cavaliers have lost seven straight and nine of 10. 225 and a half the total at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. St. Louis Blues are number four in the West. They have 55 points, five in front of fifth place Arizona. Blues laying $2.40 at home today against Anaheim. Arizona, $1.30 home ice favorite against the Kings. VSIN gives you the tools to increase your sports betting IQ and make the most of every bet, including our 24 7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game, our daily members only best bets email, and in depth coverage each week in Point Spread Weekly. Now's the time to sign up for your 10 day free trial, vsin.com slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Senna. Get the latest vsin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. Time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. From the OddsTrader.com studio at Circuit Resort and Casino, OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info you need. Visit OddsTrader.com. Let's Ah. talk betting the association. That was really good. Better than what I could do. That's one of my favorite uh, promos. Last time you actually added some flair to it. You put more stuff in there. It was good. I'm starting to run out of gas here in the third hour today. Well, uh, speak, okay. Speaking of pizzazz, speaking of energy, all of those things wrapped into one package. Aaron Rennings with us. Uh, ER, you can follow him on uh, Twitter at ER Sports One. All right, Aaron, before we get to uh, all the games that you have circled, I wanted to throw, because we teased this at the beginning and I talked about them, throw my theory at you, my friend, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves being a bet-on team here down the stretch. I have uh, been following them. For the last few games, they have delivered for the most part in every single one of them. Last time out, getting a push in overtime against the New Orleans Pelicans. This team, though, has, what, 5-1 and one in the last six games. have covered 7 out of 9. They've been playing pretty well, and they've been vocal about the need and the want to play very well down the stretch. The theory that the Timberwolves are a bet-on team in these last six, seven games, do you agree with that? Well, good for you, JVT. Thanks for having me. Good morning. I am uh, actually kind of full of energy uh, today. <laughs> you know, and, and the T-Wolves, I, I think I actually text Matt before the All-Star break. Uh, I said, you know, new coach here. Uh, this team's going to be a bet on team in the second half uh, of the season or after the All-Star break. And, and I did bet them kind of right out of the break and made a profit, but I, I kind of got off of them, and, and I haven't been betting against them. Good for you, JVT, but just the fact that they should lose and for the organization uh, to be at its best, you know, the next couple of years, they should be losing because they have that top three pick uh, protected here. If they fall out of the top three, they're going to lose that. Uh, So it really doesn't make sense for them to win. And for me, and you see basically every other bottom feeder team kind of tanking here, uh, it's just been a hard team to bet. But, you know, they've certainly rewarded the back. Have you been betting many uh, Golden State Warriors games recently? JVT keeps talking about how tough it is to bet the Warriors when you have one guy who's got to carry the offense. Stephen Curry went into last night's game averaging 37 points in his previous 17 games. He's closing in on his uh, second scoring title. It just doesn't have a lot of support there offensively. Andrew Wiggins did a pretty good game last night, but 
How do you view this uh, Golden State team here down the stretch? Uh, I tell you what, I, I certainly stayed away from the Golden State-New Orleans series because those were two teams that I had a hard time uh, getting right throughout the uh, the season. You know, the, the Warriors were, I, I tried to back them a couple of times in good spots, and it just did not work out for me. I, I remember I backed them uh, against Washington on April the 21st. They were up late in that game and gave it away right at the end. And at that point, I was just like, kind of had enough of this team. But you see them kind of turned it on now. Of course, they lose uh, last night. You would think you're, you're trying to, to kind of bet on them and, and pick your spots with them. But, you know, it, it kind of goes both ways. You see the quotes out of the locker room. And, you know, maybe they're a little bit excited to get in the playoff, play in the playoffs. Seemingly, that was uh, what they were talking about the more the last couple of days. But two weeks ago, uh, they didn't seem that excited here uh, how they ended up the season. All right, are. Let's get to some of these games that are on the board. Um, not the best card, but there's a lot. There's a lot of double-digit spreads. Let's start with the victim of the all-time beat that happened last night. Cleveland Cavaliers blow it in overtime, 12.5-point underdog. They end up losing, not covering in the extra period. Now they are catching 11, 11.5 against a Portland team that had turned it on, won four consecutive games, pushing themselves to get out of this play-in tournament. 11.5 with a total of 227 right now at most shops. What are you looking at? Uh, you know, perhaps uh, that's why I'm in a little bit better mood. I did not have Cleveland last <laughs> night. I don't know how much you guys talked about that. I went back to the mid-90s. I had never, there was never, uh, I did not see where there was a double-digit favorite that won and covered in overtime uh, in the NBA. It just it hadn't happened till last night. Uh, a couple weeks ago, what you had, the Celtics were, what, a nine, nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Minnesota. They got the cover in overtime. Oh, yeah. They won by 10. Uh, but very rarely, I mean, it was a handful of times where there was like nine, eight and a half, nine and a half point favorite that won an overtime, but that's, uh, about as brutal beat as you can get. And I would think it would kind of lead into tonight where you had this Cleveland team, uh, again, just kind of playing out the string, make note, they essentially played seven guys last night. You know, they, uh, I think Osman played 47 minutes. Another guy played 45 minutes. Uh, walking wounded, if you will. Now you got to turn around uh, and play again tonight. It's just hard to think uh, that there's going to be much there for a Cleveland team that's really 21 and 44, uh, essentially probably trying to lose here as we close the season. Uh, meanwhile, Portland and you know the Blazers are a team that I'm certainly not really fond of. They don't play a lot of defense, but they. They seem to have kind of a team meeting and want to turn things around. I was able to pick up on that uh, after the two losses against Memphis, and they played very well um, kind of on this uh, Midwest uh, Eastern uh, road swing here. Uh, they've covered four of five. Uh, they did not win their last game, of course, against Atlanta. Tough spot for them after beating Boston back-to-back. you got to go to Atlanta, so I think you can certainly forgive uh, that one. So. Uh, Portland's actually kind of a bet-on team, so I went ahead and played the points here uh, with the Blazers. I hope they get off to a, a big start. You would think, you know, they want to get kind of rest as much as possible, so get out to a big lead here, try to rest Lillard. Uh, obviously a big game coming up uh, on Friday, so a little worried a sandwich spot, but um, <laughs> as we get the last couple of weeks, really the last month of the NBA, I think the last time I was on with Mitch Ball, I talked about how well the double-digits favorites have done in the mm-hmm. NBA. So you can't be uh, fearing that at this point in the year. 
All right, Blazers minus 11. And if the game gets to overtime, you still got a chance to get the cover. That's right, yeah. <laughs> right. The Cavs have lost seven in a row. You can follow Aaron Renning on Twitter at ERSports1. Uh, all right, hey, I want to ask you about this. Blazers host the Lakers on Friday night. You bet this prop at Circa. Will the Lakers win the Western Conference? Yes, no. You bet the no at minus 235. Why would you do that? Well, you know, it was a bet that I've been thinking about making probably for the last three, four weeks or a month. Uh, two weeks ago, I was ready to fire. Uh, and a lot of that was just when you looked at who the Lakers, and at that point, you know, two weeks ago, you know, the Lakers were pretty, you know, kind of firmly in that fifth spot, but it looked like they would have to play Denver, then they would have to play the winner of the Clippers, Phoenix, and then they would probably have to play Utah after that, all on the road. And even at that point, uh, I was just like, it seems like a good bet. And then Jamal Murray went down for Denver. And then I kind of waited. And because you're thinking, well, you know, that's going to be uh, obviously a lot easier for the Lakers to beat uh, Denver without Murray. But just the way things have kind of transpired here the last couple of weeks, and certainly the Lakers have fooled me before. Remember last year in the bubble uh, at the start, um, you know, w- when they were playing the regular season games, they looked so bad at times, couldn't make a shot. Uh, they were able to put it all together. I would say, you know, arguably a cakewalk uh, to win the finals. Give them credit for what they did, but they seem to be catching teams at the right time. Obviously, Miami in the finals, uh, number one, were underdog to be there. Uh, they were walking wounded as well. Uh, the road looks much, much tougher uh, this year. And really, mathematically, if you add it up, guys, it really did make sense as well. I, I laid 235 that the Lakers would not win the West. I mean, you know, I'll throw it back to you guys, but, you know, let's just say, you know, the way it, the way it would shape up now, you got to go maybe to, you know, a, a series against the Clippers to start. Then you have a series against Utah. I mean, I don't know if you could make them much of a favorite in those series. And, again, if you do the math, um, you know, at, at minus 235, you're talking to them about being an average of minus 200 series. And they might be in a play-in game with that. Mm-hmm. Then you have perhaps LeBron is injured or Anthony Davis can get injured at either time. And, and you know, the trouble is, you, you know, I'm certainly not sold on the Clippers. I think Utah looks to be the best team. I think Utah is actually a very tough matchup uh, for the Lakers. But, you know, you go back to last year, they might not even, you know, play each other. So, uh, but I thought that was a good bet. And, and again, props to Circa uh, for being able to put that bet up. Because I looked out throughout the world, you could not find a no bet on the Lakers uh, to do it, and they, they took a very healthy bet on that as well. So you're betting futures. You look to circa first, last, and all in between as well. JBT, would you uh, side with him on the no, on the Lakers to win the West? Oh, yeah, I would I, 100%. And actually, ER, what, I was actually going to bring this up. You and I talked about this a couple weeks ago on, on my podcast. You know, not only just the Lakers now at this point, you know, the Nets right now, it's a pick here at Circa in terms of winning the Eastern Conference. Yes, no, both minus 115. You know, that screams a lot of value just given the fact that this Nets team, there's so, like, lack of continuity here. We don't know how healthy Harden's going to be. And when this team is not fully healthy and they're not able to drop, you know, 123.5 points every 100 possessions, you know, they are at a point where it's kind of troublesome watching them on the defensive end. We just watched two Bucks games in that regard. Is there value in betting no on the Nets to win the Eastern Conference? Uh, I've talked about it all year long. I just have not been sold on the Nets to be able to win the East. Uh, and kind of the problem that you have, and the nice thing about betting the no is you don't have to pick the team that's going to beat them. Right. 
because I don't know exactly who that team's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think Philadelphia is obviously very sturdy. It'd be an interesting matchup against these teams. Milwaukee uh, to be able to beat uh, the Nets uh, the last couple of uh, the last couple of games here. Obviously, again without Harden, I'm just not sure who that other team is. You know, it's just hard to be sold on Milwaukee. Hard to be sold on Doc Rivers and, and the Sixers, but. Uh, I think they are vulnerable. And, you know, Steve Nash, and this is what you worry about with the Nets, uh, Nash said after the game, hey, we got all physical in both these games against the Bucks, And that's what you worry about the Nets, that they're just a little bit soft for playoff basketball. Yep. Harden missing is also a massive one. Only about 15 attempts within four feet of the basket yesterday. All right, let's get back to the board here. Let's go to Phoenix and Atlanta. We're approaching pick territory here between these two. Total of 228 or 228 and a half, the analysis between the Suns and the Hawks here. You know, the Suns 47 and 18 straight up, 40 and 24 against the spread, something like that. And I think the last time I bet against the Suns and I lost, I said, I can't bet against this team anymore. But here I go again, one more time tonight. Uh, I had to play the Hawks. And again, you have a Phoenix team. And, you know, when you, when you look at it, ah, oh, they're playing for number one seed, home court, et cetera. I don't think teams really put a ton into that. Maybe Phoenix being a first time playoff team, obviously wants to win and would prefer to be the number one seed in the West, but I don't think it's vital to them. What's vital, I would think more, is to the Atlanta Hawks to perhaps get into home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs, obviously avoid uh, the play-in game here. Uh, The Hawks one and a half games currently in front of the Celtics, so that seems more important. I've been riding the uh, Hawks quite a bit here in the second half of the season. I've been rewarded. Uh, for that, but this is uh, certainly a different team than they were the first half of the season, playing very well right now. And I think you know, I talked about that overtime game, and you know, Phoenix has been a team that hasn't rested guys, but you always have to be thinking of that. And when you handicap these games, back-to-back situation, off an overtime game, perhaps they sit a guy or two for this one. Uh, I went ahead and bet the Hawks. All right, let's go to the uh, Eastern Conference matchup between the Wizards and the Bucks. Market really hasn't caught up with this Wizards team yet. ER 13-2-1, last 16 games. Nice padding between them and the uh, last team outside of the play-in bubble, catching the Milwaukee team after a good series with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Wizards have been remarkable, and, you know, they play at such a fast pace. JBT, I know you've talked about it, how well the defense has played. Mm-hmm. And you saw that game from Russell, uh, Russell Westbrook the other night. That's what you want from him, take it eight shots. Uh, creating for others. So this team is all out, uh, very much uh, a tough team to contend with right now. And, you know, it's an interesting spot for the Milwaukee Bucks because, uh, you know, they have made it clear all season long that the regular season was not that big of a deal, was not uh, something that they were stressing. They wanted to get better, healthy here for the playoffs. Right now, in that third seed in the East, if they move up and pass Brooklyn or Philadelphia, I don't think it really matters uh, to them. So. Um, you know, in the fact that I give them credit for, for really both Brooklyn and Milwaukee for playing their guys and kind of playing all out in those two games. But this would seem like a relaxed game here for the Milwaukee Bucks. I'd be, I would actually be somewhat surprised if Giannis plays uh, here tonight in a back-to-back. Maybe they sit one of their other guys. So uh, I went ahead and bet the Wizards. All right, and then Knicks and Nuggets. Humans, you were asking if you were going to be able to still get that three and a half. Well, it's up to four now with Denver at home. <laughs> With a total of two fourteen, so a two two part question here, side and total, because I actually thought instead of playing this on a side, I think the Knicks might be the side uh, ER, but maybe a lower scoring game given the injuries and the defensive prowess of the Knicks. But what do you make of this matchup? 
you know, another uh, another Knicks game, uh, more money coming in yep. against them. It's certainly not my money, but it is. It's a little bit surprising. Uh, again, this team just gets uh, no respect whatsoever, and, and I wish I would have backed the Knicks more throughout the campaign. I backed them quite a bit, uh, but this is a team I kind of like. I mean, I, I was watching the game against Memphis, and the Knicks announcers talked, hey, this is 1 through 15. Uh, Thibodeau has talked about it all season as long. They are a team that plays well together. Uh, they have played great team defense all season long. And you know, that's the thing you have to remember. They are all out in every game. They are trying to win every single uh, regular season game. There's no relaxation uh, with Thibodeau as your head coach. So uh, I did fire and, and went ahead and bet the Knicks. And, you know, you look at Denver, uh, they are very, you know, you have to remember this team is very undermanned at the guard position. Jamal Murray's out. They're missing a couple more guys. Uh, and then Dozier's not going to be available for them here tonight. And, and I talk about it. I, I just, you know, you look at where this team is in, in, in the Western Conference. Right now, pretty much firmly set in that fourth seed, whether they alternate here with the Clippers, that 3-4 seed. Uh, I, I just don't think they're all out here the rest of the regular season where you have a, a hard try to team plus the points. So uh, we'll see if the Knicks get the win here outright tonight. All right, ER, we appreciate it. We're up against it. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you again on Friday. All right, sounds good. Good luck. Thanks, Yep, You got it. ER Sports 1 up on Twitter. I like the Knicks play. Money in the market against the Knicks consistently. What's the streak now? They've won 12 of the past 13. Covered 14 and 15. Okay. And the the market keeps moving against them. Actually, when we come back, I want to bring up one more thing about the Knicks. I think we can kind of explain why the money keeps coming Mm -hmm. in against them, but it, it might be wrong. Obviously, it has been. We'll discuss that much more here on Follow the Money. Back in, follow the money here Visa in the Sports Betting Network. Matt Humans, Jonathan Montalbo filling in for the guys. A quick reminder for all of you out there that with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds, boosts, largest offer, live and play options. Bet River Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting and to make your experience even more rewarding. Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sport events, instant payouts, and only one-time plays through Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. You've got to be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Anybody else, 867-5309. I don't think that's accurate. That's a good reference, huh? <laughs> yeah, I just dropped that in. It's just solid. Uh, all right. 8675309. Sorry. Okay. It's 8675309. It's actually the way you're supposed to dial that up. Let's get the best bets. Let's start talking about the Knicks. Yeah, really quickly. More. So, because yeah. you're going to play the, the Nets, uh, or the, excuse me, the Knicks in terms of your best bets. And, and this is just me kind of trying to rationalize some of what ER was talking about because he's right. You know, the market continues to move against the Knicks. We were talking about this the other day, right? Didn't really understand the Memphis Knicks game. 
where like the market was moving against New York in that game where Memphis had been in terms of an awful slump offensively, still are, by the way, and they end up losing that game outright. There was a Toronto game last weekend where the money, it flipped. The Knicks at home ended up being an underdog to the Toronto Raptors, won that game outright. So part of my thinking was, if you remember in the first half of the season, I had brought up the Knicks as a potential regression candidate. To go over some of the numbers really quickly, they were 26th in terms of frequency of wide-open attempts allowed for their opponents, right? Defenders six feet or farther away. Wide-open shots. They were giving up the fifth most wide-open shots. But they were first on shooting percentage in those shots, mm-hmm. 37.7%. Just pure luck. But it's kind of regressed here a little bit. Now they're 15th in terms of the frequency of wide-open looks that they give up in the second half, post-All-Star break. They are still fifth in shooting on those shots, but the shooting has obviously increased. They're giving up about like 41% on those attempts. So we've had some better regression. They're not giving up as many wide-open attempts. But I think what some of these sharps and analytics and guys who are playing this regularly see is a team that was getting lucky initially playing some of that regression, Mm -hmm. not realizing that there has been some improvement made here in the second half. That's my theory, at least. Well, they're still playing against the Knicks, too. Right. Every day. Yep. Even so. though they are 12-1 and one in the past 13 games and have covered 14 of the past 15. Correct. It's John Lester all over again. Hopefully those streaks continue because I'm going to play the Knicks tonight. Okay. And uh, those fours that were on the screen seem to be disappearing now, and it's bounced back to three and a half. I heard ER talking. At a lot of spots. Well, you talked about this on uh, previous shows this week, too, the Nuggets are a team. Obviously, Jamal Murray's done, mm-hmm. but the Nuggets, aside from that, are a, a thin team right now. P.J. Dozier, Will Barton, Monte Morris, on top of Jamal Murray, all injured. And like that's that's a cluster injury position, yes. right? That, that's all your backcourt, your wings. that you They've just been ravaged now at this point. So that's like it's a very big hole on the roster here for the Denver Nuggets at this point. Take the four if you can get it with the uh, Knicks tonight, and hopefully Julius Randle has another monster game. Love watching that kid play. Yeah. Always have since he came into the league from Kentucky. Most improved. What's that? Most improved player. Let's go. Well, he was good last year. It's not like he stunk last year. No. But but now he's he's off the charts good. His passing numbers have been improved greatly. Everything. His three-point shooting has improved greatly. Most improved. Let's go. Gotta Obi Toppin's season. Rookie season for the Knicks has not worked out as consensus well as I thought it would. Rookie of the year selection for yeah, our I, NBA betting I think it's guy. one thing that uh, maybe he's a little bit of a tweener, just doesn't have a true position in this Tom Thibodeau system. Or it's also Tibbs doesn't like to play rookies. You know, he brought in Derrick Rose, who I didn't think had a lot to give. He's actually Derrick Rose, kind of really <laughs> valuable. So I called that one wrong. But Tibbs likes to play veterans, right? Well, look, Obi Toppin came into the league relatively old, right, in sure. basketball years. Yeah. What's the phrase? Something about old dogs, new tricks. Like, you know, at some point when you come in that old, you really can't be molded. You're just the player that you are. And it's kind of tough to sit there and, and, and Tibbs, as you've mentioned, not real, there's not been much for development of young kids, but guys like Emmanuel quickly have gotten minutes and they mm-hmm. have performed very well. And last time I checked, he's a pretty young kid. Obi just turned 23 in March. He's not yeah. really that old, but yeah, he's not like an 18 year old coming into the NBA. Basketball years, he might as well be 50. We'll have these kids 18 with some fresh What do you have tonight? To What's your best bet? Uh, all right, so we'll stay in the NBA. Minnesota Timberwolves. I mentioned it. I, I've been on them for this uh, during the majority of the streak, and let's go back to the well yet again until the market kind of catches up here. Uh, right now, you're looking at catching about four, four and a half. Here's the thing. These two, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, playing together offensive rating when they're on the floor with one another, 117.9. They've been on this cover run. The market hasn't really caught up. Oh, and by the way, Memphis in the midst of a terrible offensive slump. Shooting has regressed, which it rightfully should have. One point in April, humans, they led the league in offensive efficiency. That wasn't sustainable, and now they've fallen back down to earth. 
might be a little better offensively here today, but I think the Knicks at home catching points. Excuse me, Timberwolves, I'm in. T-Wolves plus four and a half for you. A couple of dogs in the NBA tonight. I'm going to tell you something about the San Diego Padres you might not know next. horse racing fan first bet is the place for you with wagering on races at over 300 tracks and ai assisted picks it is the easiest way to bet on your favorite sport with secure payments attentive customer service and a reliable website customer service on par with me as a barista all brought to you by express bet sign up using the promo code vegas 100 today get up to 100 buck match bonus on your first deposit visit vcin.com slash horses the details of vcin.com slash horses promo code vegas 100 AI, artificial intelligence. It's, no, it's Allen Iverson. <laughs> say, I've seen uh, Allen Iverson as a uh, spokesman. Uh, yes, for points bet. <laughs> for points bet. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the five horse, man. The five horse. Be good. I would take horse racing picks from AI. No. Well, you just hit the derby. You don't need to take picks from anybody. That's right. I'm a pro. You're a pro when it comes to horses. Shohei Otani set to start tonight for the Angels, right? Uh, yeah, so far. He did get that late scratch, and then Jose Quintana got it. Uh, got knocked around despite what he had in that game. Nine strikeouts, but still gave up a five-earned run. I think uh, Quintana had nine strikeouts in like three and two-thirds innings. Yep. And still got beat up <laughs> in the game. That's and, baseball uh, today, man. Joe Madden's quote was, this guy... It's got no luck except for bad luck. Talking about Quintana. You know, so I the, left them out there for too long. I watched the, it, kid. I watched the uh, <laughs> Angels a little bit last night. and in a, in a way, it's kind of sad that they have two of the best players in baseball. And I'm going to throw Otani in that class, one of the best players in baseball, because yeah. of what he can do two ways. He's really developed into a very good hitter. You and I talked about this two years ago. I thought his hitting potential was off the charts. And I said, you might ruin this guy if you try to pitch him because he, he could develop into an outstanding offensive player. I, I still think he's tough to bet on as a pitcher because he walks so many guys. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what he does tonight. Uh, by the way, the, the Tampa Bay Rays have owned the Angels. 14-4 and four, the Rays are in Anaheim since 2015 after winning last night's game. And you watch Trout and Otani. And they're out there last night in an eight trailing eight to one late in the game. And you're like, when are the Angels going to get their act together? Yep. And look, it didn't help. Rendon didn't play right. The, the Rendon's foul. out with a knee injury. But yeah. like, it's just, it, what's what's depressing about the, the Angels? Pitching. Got to get the pitching together. Right. And that's what the depressing part about it is. Is it is the exact same song and dance every single year. It is solo shots by Mike Trout, over and runners in scoring <laughs> position. Bad pitching. Trout had a solo shot, and they were trailing 8-1. to one Right, last yep, yeah. exactly. It's, yeah. it's like the exact same thing every time. The difference is now, every once in a while, they strand Shohei Otani on second, as opposed to nobody being out there. So right. it's been an absolute nightmare, and it's the same thing every single year. I have a bet. I, you know, I was talking with a couple of people on social media, one of our viewers, and I, I forget his name. I have a bet, like a lunch bet, on like just like talking about the Angels. Like, they're not going to be that good. Like let's We'll go under a win total here, and yeah, it sucks. What about the Padres? You're going to tell me something I don't know about the Padres. Yeah, we got some. Uh, let's run through some other games in the American League quickly. We'll get to that Padres 
wow. stuff here in a minute. Uh, Shane Bieber back. goes tonight for Cleveland. And uh, Bieber right now at circa minus 160. Indians at Royals, total of seven. Brady Singer is the uh, starter for KC. How about Bieber? Uh, he's got six starts, all six quality starts, over 42 innings. He's got 68 strikeouts and 14 walks, a whip of 0.99. 14.5 Ks per nine is 160. I see 155 at William Hill. Would you consider laying 155 on Bieber in Kansas City? That's kind of on that fringe where I would actually think about it, but yeah. probably not play it. Yeah, no, I, I would think that I would agree with that line of thinking. You know, being away from home kind of turns you off a little bit. And the fact that, you know, Shane, uh, Shane, excuse me, not Shane Bieber, uh, but Brady Singer has been really solid himself, right? Mm-hmm. His metrics paint the picture of a guy who has been absolutely everything that you've seen. 309 on the ERA, just a half point difference between that and his expected fielding independent. Walks a little up, but not too bad strikeouts. Uh, you balance that out with over 10 strikeouts every nine innings. And everything else for Singer has been solid. So I would think that it personally, like if I wanted to play this as opposed to going, you know, minus 155 on Bieber for a game like this, do you go first five under? Because you have two of these guys, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm getting so excited who can perform really well from a pitching perspective uh, and st- I think limit two lineups that I think are average-ish, right, in terms of what they provide. So right. I think that's kind of the way I would offset it is instead of Bieber minus 155 or a much higher price in the first five, going under first five type of deal because you get both of these guys on the hill. Okay, that makes sense. I might look over in this game in the, in the uh, National League tonight. I'm not sure I'm going to bet it, but uh, Max Freed and Eric Fetty. And uh, neither, neither guy's been very good. No. Braves, Nationals in D.C. Total is 8.5, shaded over 120. And uh, Braves, minus 125, 130. Right in that range is favorites. Uh, Max Fried's been horrific. And three starts, 11 innings. He's allowed 23 hits, a 2.55 whip, and an ERA of 11.5. What's wrong with uh, Max Fried? Obviously coming back from an injury. Yeah. Well, and I think, so I didn't use him today, but I actually kind of wanted to. He is on the precipice of actually being a pretty good candidate to buy low on Max Fried, right? Mm-hmm. And again, you know, you've brought this up. It's very important with all these numbers where they're short sample sizes. So again, how much you want to buy into it and you're not entirely sure. The 1145 ERA, his XFIP is actually 4.2. So that's obviously a chasm between the two. So there is some reference there that makes you think that there is some you know positive regression coming for these guys. This guy, like you look at a couple of things, right? Home run to fly ball ratio, thirty three point three percent. Like a third of your fly balls turning into home runs. Mm-hmm. That's some bad luck. The fact that his batting average on balls in play is over five hundred. Again, something that you think would regress to the mean. And other things when you look at him, you know he is actually a guy who induces a lot of ground balls, Max Fried. And yet it's almost like you give up a fly ball, that thing's going out of the park. And so those are kind of things that I think will regress to the mean eventually for Freed. And I, I think he is a really good candidate to look at to potentially buy low because there's so many good numbers for him, inducing swings and misses, things like that, where I was actually tempted to include him and maybe even bet on him today because he's right on the precipice of being like a really solid buy low candidate. But the sample size eventually turns me off. Only 11 innings is a lot to read into. The 23 hits is a lot. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. I said I would tell you something about the Padres you probably didn't know. Okay. They're in San Diego. Padres got off to a pretty good start this season offensively. They have scored three runs or fewer in 12 of their past 15 home games. Oh, okay. I can believe that. Anemic offensively. Last night, four hits and a 2-1 to loss uh, to the Pirates. Here's something else you probably don't know. Fernando Tatis Jr. in 16 home games 
batting 130, 7 for 54. Don't want to overreact. But I think you're kind of stre- you're pulling the collar a little bit when it comes to that contract. It was pretty quick to pull the trigger on giving Tatis a lot of that money. I think he's going to be good, but I think I the think start be, to this I think he'll be okay. He's just off to a really poor start right mm-hmm. now. You, by the way, you Darvish goes tonight as a big favorite. Will he get much offensive support? You Darvish minus two forty right now at circa total of six and a half. Pirates, Padres at Petco. All right, we'll come back. We have uh, a couple more minutes. Let's talk a little bit more about the Wells Fargo Championship on the other side here on Follow the Money. Download the points bet app now. Sign up using promo code VSIN2K to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. When you bet with points bet, you get faster bets, faster withdrawals, and faster rewards at your fingertips. Download the points bet app now to experience this premium sports book for yourself. So now that you know, I will ask you, are you ready? Terms and conditions apply. Void or prohibited. Got to be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Last couple of minutes here on Wednesday. We got two more days taken over for Follow the Money Guys, Mitch Mass and Paul Howard. Let's head out. Stephen Hennessy is nice enough to give us some time, a deputy managing editor at Golf Digest. And Stephen said, uh, we're going to save the best for last today, the best guest for last. And the best promo read. Hey, Stephen, uh, I want to jump into this uh, before we handicap Quail Hollow this week and get your opinions. I saw this headline in the New York Post yesterday Top PGA stars receiving offers. Upward of thirty million for this premier golf league, and uh, you, you jump into the story here, and you wonder: is this accurate? I want to see uh, what your reporting is at Golf Digest on this. But uh, several big names on the PGA Tour uh, getting offered multi-million-dollar contracts by the new Saudi Arabia-backed Premier Golf League. It says eleven players have received upfront offers of between thirty and fifty million. With Phil Mickelson supposedly getting a one hundred million dollar one hundred million dollar offer, and PGA Tour Commissioner uh, Jay Monahan is expected to uh, tell the players that they will be suspended from the tour. Is that right? Can he do that if they accept these offers to play in the uh, Premier Golf League, backed by Saudi right. Arabia money? What What do you think of all of this, uh, Stephen? Yeah, so uh, Jay Monahan, the commissioner, did actually address the players yesterday on site at Quail Hollow on the subject, and he said exactly that. He said players will be suspended um, and actually banned from the PGA Tour if they accept uh, the, these offers, which is interesting. Um, and this has been kind of rumored for the last couple of years, this Premier Golf League. Like you said, it's uh, financed by some Saudi Arabian money and they hope to be operational by next year. Um, and it, the format's kind of interesting. Instead of, you know, bigger stroke play tournaments, it would be sort of team competition against smaller fields. So 
you know, you would think it wouldn't necessarily compete with the PGA Tour, but obviously the tour has to be, um, you know, a little strict. It, you know, these are players that play on their in their tournaments all the time. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, it's, I don't know, $100 million would be tough to pass up, I think, for Phil Mickelson, someone who's at the tail end of his career, uh, what it really entails for him in terms of, you know, if he wants to play in these senior tour events, uh, you know, he's he's getting up to that age, and, you know, he, he has played in a couple of those events already. If he wants to do that regularly, um, he probably wouldn't be allowed to if he accepts this. So, you know, it's really dependent on them getting a bunch of marquee names, and that's why they're throwing all that money at these guys. And, you know, if a couple of them bite, then it's something interesting and people will watch it. But if they don't have the marquee names, then, you know, it's probably not going to be sustainable. So, Kind of early to see, but uh, the fact that Monahan really laid down the law yesterday and some of our reporting from on-site, you know, the players confirmed that, you know, that was kind of like a, a make-or-break deal that he put out there. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of keep following it in the next couple of months and see if players actually uh, go forward with this. Some of the players could be DJ, Phil, Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau, Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, and more. The league would feature up to 48 players taking part in 18 events and tournaments around the globe, and that's the uh, Premier Golf League we're talking about. That seems unlikely to me, um, Stephen, that you're going to have many guys like DJ who would uh, part from the PGA Tour to take a, um, take, uh, take a gamble on this. But a guy like Phil Mickelson, why not? If, if you're going to be offered $100 million for something like this, yeah, I could pass on the senior tour to take a $100 million offer to play in this. I don't think they're going to get the marquee guys, though, like Rory, DJ, guys like that. Do you? Yeah, you're right, because these guys would not be eligible then for the World Golf Championships. Um, you know, some of these other big tournaments, the players, they would not be allowed to play in. So, uh, you know, if these players care more about their legacy than the money, which you would expect these players specifically, Kepka, Rory, um, you know, they they want to win majors, and a hundred million dollars is a lot of money. Um, but you know they can make that in a couple of years through their endorsements and on course earnings, uh, through a couple of FedEx Cup, uh, you know purses. DJ won about thirty million last year on course, plus all the money he made in uh, endorsement money. So twenty million dollars probably isn't that much uh, right. to throw his way. We'll see the. All right, let's talk about the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow in North Carolina with Stephen Hennessy, Deputy Managing Editor of uh, Golf Digest at S underscore Hennessy GD or at Golf Digest. Uh, tell us who you like this week. Handicap the tournament because I think uh, a lot of the guys we've talked to in my own handicapping, you're going to look at the uh, guys who are longer off the tee first at Quail Hollow. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know, one of the longest courses on tour, 7,600 yards, par 71. Uh, really, to me, it's the par fours. There are four of them over 450 yards, so that's where the bulk of the yardage is made up, a couple long par threes, too. So, you know, I'm looking at proximity uh, from over 175 yards. Um, that's where a bulk of the approaches will come. But really, you know, you have to be a great driver of the golf ball. Um, Quill Hollow is one of my favorite tournaments of the year i've had a chance to walk the course a couple times and you know there's a lot of wide fairways but really long holes so you got to drive the ball well and that leads me to an interesting name at first i haven't pulled the trigger on him but 
I think Rory McIlroy, you know, is worth discussing just because of his record here here at Quill Hollow. He's gained more than 46 strokes on the field over the last five years. That's 10 strokes more than the next person on the list. And Rory's only played here four of the last five years. So that's just how well he's played at Quail Hollow. He's won here twice, a runner-up, a bunch of other top tens. Now, he's obviously struggled the last three tournaments, but I think a little of that has been exaggerated. You know, the eye test will tell you he has struggled, but, you know, just before that, he had a couple top tens coming in. So, you know, if, if you believe that longer-term form is more predictive, uh, you know, in general, I, I think this could be a tournament for him to get right, perhaps. You know, 19-1, to 1, you could find him at some books. And my guy, uh, Daniel Rappaport, who's on site for us this week, he was walking with Rory this week or this morning and said he looked great. Uh, you know, it's obviously the, it, it'll come down to the putter and the short game with Rory. That, that's that's always the case. So I'm not quite there yet, but I'm intrigued by Rory. Who I am, who I am down on already is Victor Hovland. Um, you know, I just think this course is perfect for him. The, the way he drives the golf ball, he's top five in the world in the last year and a half. Uh, with the driver off the tee, um, and he's been playing great. Uh, has a top five at Riviera. I think Riviera is a good mm-hmm. comparison to here. And uh, you know, had the top three finish at the Valspar last week. His game is just he's doing everything well. The short game has been the struggle with him, but that's improving. Even so, Hovland's probably my favorite outright bet. And then I like a couple uh, you know sleepers too. I like Matt Wallace who, you know, some people may not have heard of, but you can find him, I think, around 66 to 1 uh, if you shop that. He, his ball striking is is impeccable. That That's what you got to do at Quail Hollow. He hasn't played here in the past, but he has played these longer, tougher golf courses really well. Uh, at Best Page at the 2019 PGA, he finished third. That, you know, that's obviously a major. This is a major, like, setup this week. Um, so I like Wallace outright. I like him top 20. I think you could find him about plus 300. I also like him over Ricky Fowler. Uh, you could get him in a matchup. I have him minus 118 at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I think that's a smash spot. You know, Ricky's really struggled. Obviously, has a great history at Quail Hollow, but uh, I'll take the consistency in the recent form with Matt Wallace at, you know, not too steep of a price. So those are my uh, initial leans here. All right, Stephen Hennessy with us. Uh, Matt Wallace at Circus Sports, 87 to 1 to win the Wells Fargo Championship, if uh, if you're looking that way. Actually, we've had a lot of guys, including Jeff Seeley, on with us earlier in the show who do like Victor Hovland this week. He's 20-1. to 1. And JVT, we were talking about horses for the course. Yeah. Right? And uh, Rory's one of those guys, if you can get there with Rory. Rory's one of them, and Stephen, one of them that kept popping up, we talked about him earlier, too. What about a guy like Jason Day, who's got some pretty good numbers on this course and, and through extensive rounds as well? Yeah, we, we haven't seen a lot of day, uh, you know, since the Masters. So, you know, I'm always a little hesitant. Um, but, you know, kind of like Rory, he, he's had that similar layoff. I, I think it could be good for someone who's been struggling like Jason Day. So, uh, like you mentioned, has a great history at Quail Hollow is one here. Um, so I can definitely see the arguments be made for the outright bet. Um, yeah, I, I like Jason Day. You know, his, his driving – when Jason Day was elite, his elite driving um, separated him, and Quail Hollow, you know, is the perfect venue for that. So if he could kind of get back to uh, where his game was, I mean, even at the players, he was playing well. So yeah, I, I could see Jay, a case for Jason Day for sure. 
All right, Stephen, uh, we only got about a minute left, so I'm going to ask you quick answers here. I'm going to throw two things at you. First is Tony Finau, top 20, yes or no, this week? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that can be talked <laughs> into an outright, too. Okay. Top 20 is the play, though. I like it. Okay, how about Justin Thomas or John Rahm? Take your pick. Which one do you like? Gosh, that's that's tough. Uh, I would lean with Justin Thomas, uh, being that he won the PGA here a couple of years ago, but uh, it'd be tough for me to bet against John Rahm, I think. Stephen Hennessy, Deputy Managing Editor, Golf Digest. Stephen, we appreciate the time, and thank you very much. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Matt. All right. I knew my name. What At Golf Digest, a lot of great content up there. Follow on Twitter. He does know you're a star. He knows your name. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he knew it come before coming in. I got stopped at the park the other day with the kid because CBS was doing like stand-ups like with just random people. Uh-huh. And my wife was like, oh, my God, they knew. I'm like, no, they don't know who I am. They thought I was rando in the park, <laughs> and they just needed to ask me about something. Did, you, <laughs> did you do it? Yeah, yeah, good citizen. Were you yeah. on the local news? Uh, last night, yeah. Oh. Right. Big time. Big time. Speaking of, we'll be back probably tomorrow. proud of it. <laughs> we'll see you then.